It's time for the best 60 minutes of your life. This is the Homer Hour, broadcasting live from the Gruber Law Office's One Call That's All studio at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. Alongside former Packer Brian Balaga, here's Emmy Award winner Homer. It's the best 60 minutes of your day. I said of your life, and somebody said, Homer, calm down. Come on. Come on. I said, okay. Best 60 minutes of your day. The Homer Hour. Today, it's Brian Bulaga and the Homer Hour and the discussion, the Super Bowl. Uh, of all the things that occurred, I, I watch games and I think, I wonder what I wonder what the doctor of football Bulaga is thinking. Now, I know you didn't watch it twice. You only no. do that for Packers games. But yep. I just, what, you get one minute to talk about Super Bowl, I think it's 58. What are you going to say? What do you want? people to know is at the top of your mind and memory of what went on in that game well the the thing that stands out to me that i took away from it was i hope matt lafleur saw what kyle shanahan does in these big games and he does the exact opposite that's what i hope i took away from this because kyle shanahan i i feel from watching the game that he had a major role in losing that game for his team i mean i I, I don't understand some of the decision making, especially in overtime. Uh, the overtime decisions to try to put the ball in Purdy's hand instead of Christian McCaffrey's hand once they got down there inside the red zone. Um, especially, you know, it's it's third down and four. You get four yards, you get a first down, fresh set of downs. That is four down territory with a great offensive line, great blocking tight ends and receivers. And Christian McCaffrey, you run the ball twice to get the first down. You run the ball twice. It's four down territory. If you don't get it, your defense has been playing well, and you pin Kansas City back inside the five and make them earn it. That's the way I look at it. But you kick a field goal, and Kansas City now is in four down territory every time to go either kick a field goal or eventually what they did score a touchdown. So coaching decisions to me stood out, and I'm hoping Matt LaFleur watched that. Because these these schemes are very similar, right? I've said this forever. The scheme is so similar that you see what works and doesn't work. But I think, or what I hope he did, was saw the way Kyle Shanahan dealt with the, these things because he knows them personally in these tight, big situations and does the opposite. Because that's two Super Bowls now. Kyle Shanahan has been in that he's had the lead. His team's had control of the game, and they couldn't finish. And we're not even talking about Atlanta when his offense – fell asleep in the second half and New England came back and won. So that's three times we could look at Kyle Shanahan in these big games that Matt LaFleur can kinda kinda see what happened and do the opposite. The home around with Brian Bulaga. Let's start with this fundamental foundation. And that is I don't care what offense he runs, I don't care what he calls it. In the end, Shanahan wants to pass. He yep. just wants to pass. All things being equal. I don't I don't know what goes through his head. But how many times, or every time, when this comes up, it's always based on he should have run more. And I always felt the same way about Mike McCarthy. We're going to run, we're going to run, maybe when it got later in the year, whatever. But in the end, I always felt he liked to pass. And when given the choice, he's going to pass. Is that a fair comment with Shanahan? Yes. It's it's extremely fair. And you know, I understand they have these great weapons at wide receiver and Debo, who was hurt, right, was not 100% pretty much the entire second half. Kittle clearly hurt 
uh, had to go back to the locker room, but I would imagine getting a Toradol shot to come back out and finish off overtime. Um, uh, Ayuk was kind of non-existent the whole game, had a couple catches, and then their best wide receiver all day, Jennings, mm-hmm. wasn't even on the field for most of the time in these big situations. Their most productive guy was taking a back seat, which is incredible to me when he was the guy. Because you know Kansas City was focusing on Debo. They were focusing on Ayuk. They were focusing on Kittle. And then Jennings had all these great opportunities and, and played a phenomenal game. And he's not even out there in a lot of these big situations, and it blows my mind. But at the end of the day, for some reason, Kyle Shanahan thought, we need to throw it. I want to put it in Brock Purdy's hands instead of my offensive player of the year, Christian McCaffrey's hands, and let him do the work. And at the end of the day, like that that's what ended up sealing their fate. And it was unfortunate because – this like you saw this coming with San Francisco. That's the bad part, right? Like you saw the game against Green Bay where they were outplayed until pretty much the end. And then, you know, San Francisco wins outplayed the entire first half by Detroit. They come back and win. And I said it before. You can't do that against Pat Mahomes. It's not going to work. If you don't play good the entire game and you give Mahomes a little room to come back in a game, he's going to do it to you. And that's exactly what happened. And they didn't stick to their principles as a team, which is running the football with the best running back in the league. And that's, you know, kind of the moral of the story there for the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan. It's the Homer Hour, Brian Bulaga. I don't know if this is accurate because, though I was around, but I never thought of it this way, that with Shanahan's dad, I think he always wanted to run the ball, even though he had, when he took over the Broncos, he took over with John Elway. Uh, but I'd have to go back and check, but it's almost as if he's the exact opposite of his dad. Yeah, the Broncos wanted to run the rock, right? Like, they, they wanted to run oh, the Terrell ball. Terrell Davis. Yeah. Yes, they wanted to run the football because the West Coast offense is great, right? And especially their iteration of it with, you know, they, they look at it as a, the newer, updated West Coast offense compared to what McCarthy did, taking that from um, who – uh, the old 49ers coach that Bill did Walsh. the West Coast. Yeah, yeah Bill, Bill Walsh. Walsh. You know, yeah. you know, Shanahan took it and, you know, the dad took it, re, you know, got his own spin on it, which was very run heavy and play action heavy. And, and it worked great, right? It was very successful. Now his son has taken it and making another iteration of it, which, listen, there's, there's good, a lot of positive things with it through the pass game. But at the end of the day, the offense still has to revolve around being able to run the football and do it successfully. Like, I don't care what you say about, about Brock Purdy. Listen, he, he may be a great player and or whatever anyone thinks about him, but he's not the guy you want in crunch time having the ball in his hands. You want it to be Christian McCaffrey. And unfortunately, that's kind of the way this, you know, at least Kyle Shanahan's iteration of it has gone is more pass heavy when his dad was more run heavy. And um, I, I like I said, I'm hoping Matt LaFleur is seeing this play out in real time that his system is very similar, like I said, how this system stacks up in crunch time and what should be done and what has to be done um, when you get into these situations, and that's running the football. And, and and we saw it from Green Bay later on in the season once Aaron Jones got healthy. It was a run-dominant team, and Jordan Love fed, you know, kind of fed off that with the play-action game and what that does. Uh, when you start to get a loaded box, then you can throw it. And San Francisco was just never really able to kind of get McCaffrey jump-started or used properly 
uh, in the run game until it was too late, really, right? You know, you look at it, he had some nice runs down there in overtime, but then they get into the, you know, payday zone and they decide to throw it. And it's just, it's unbelievable. I would add, I think with McCaffrey, in terms of running, I also think of the running back, it can also be you throw the quick pass out into the flat. There are ways to get the ball to a running back where it's technically not a run, but it it kind of really is. Uh, yeah. I just uh, I hope you're seated because uh, I hate to tell you this, uh, but uh, your wish on the floor is like asking him to shave his head. Um, <laughs> Matt LaFleur has always liked to pass the ball. How many times have we said after a game, you know, we should have given the ball more to Aaron Jones. And then the next week, and then he goes, yeah, yeah, we probably should have had. I, I, I think he's the same way. I think he likes to pass the ball. Well, okay, so I, I agree with you 100%. I mean, he does like to throw it, but you have to look kind of at why when he became a head coach, he wanted to throw it because he had Aaron Rodgers, right? Like, right. who doesn't okay. want to throw the football with Aaron Rodgers? Like, that's pretty simple, um, you know, mindset thinking by Matt LaFleur. And and we looked at it early on, right? You, you mentioned, you know, we said they should have ran the ball more. They were not running the ball very well at all early in the season, right? Like they were terrible. The offensive line was blocking terribly. Um, Aaron Jones was hurt. We had different guys in and out of the backfield. And their run game was was really bad. It was really bad. And then all of a sudden, some like like I've always said, that Pittsburgh game, something clicked for the O-line, for Jordan Love. Aaron Jones started to get healthy, and they started to run the rock better. And, and he relied more on that to set things up. And that's kind of – I, I'm hoping the way are Matt you cautiously at optimistic, or you're just using this as a chance to emphasize, hey, we saw you run more. Now you can see what happens when you don't, and don't yeah, cost I'm, I'm, us a Super Bowl. I I think you got a chance because uh, we certainly, or the Packers, not we Packers, don't have Aaron Rodgers anymore. And the assumption we all make is that. Any adjustment of the offense, more to Matt LaFleur's offense, Jordan Love will do it. I think so. And, and you know, the thing is that I'm not saying that we can't be relying on Jordan Love. I mean, Jordan Love has shown us that we can be, right? Like, we, we can rely on him yes. to make big plays and big throws, which is amazing, which is great. But how much – and we when we saw it once Aaron Jones got healthy and, you know, really healthy, how effective Jordan Love was, right? Like, when you can run the ball for 120 yards with Aaron Jones – how much better does that make Jordan Love? It makes him a million times better. Way more confident, way more decisive, um, playing loose, because you know you can turn around, hand the ball off, get five yards, and be in a great down and distance where you can – the defense is on the ropes. You have them on their heels. You can check in and out of things and, and make the best decision for your team at the time at the line of scrimmage. And if you're just relying on the quarterback to throw all the time, um, and ha- like, kind of like Green Bay was early on in the year, it's you're going to struggle. And you can, I mean, that's up and down the NFL. If you're just relying on the quarterback to throw, you're going to have a hard time winning. And that's just the nature of the NFL these days. Everyone wants to talk about it's a passing league, and yeah, it is. It is a passing league. But if you can't run the football, it's not going to go very well for you. And and that's kind of the way I looked at the 49 all season. The 49ers, amazing running the ball, amazing running the ball. And I get the Chiefs defense is playing really well, and they played really well towards the stretch. But you've got to continue to rely on Christian McCaffrey in the run game, and for us, Aaron Jones in this run game, and, and, and make that a vocal point of the offense. Well, we're in the same club as this. I don't care what his coach says. 
I don't need to hear what he says. I just need to watch, and I think you're the same way. There are those plays. And to me, it comes down to Tony Romo said it a couple times where he said they got nothing on first down. He said, I don't care. You run it again a second time. And that's, to me, a key. I know a coach wants to run the ball when he runs it poorly and still runs it again, right? Yeah, I mean, it's shown that, hey, we're we're going to establish this. This is we're, – we're, we're very confident in what we got going on up front. We love our backs. We love our uh, blocking receivers. We love our tight ends. We love our linemen. And I have confidence in this scheme, in this run game, that we can get it done. And you just didn't really see it. I mean, there was a stretch there where San Francisco, I think, ran six or seven straight plays that were passes. Not even yes. turned around giving it to yes. McCaffrey. Like, like, there's no way they did that all season, but they do it in the biggest game uh, of the year in the Super Bowl. Like, it's just it, – it, it's mind-blowing, but that's a coaching thing, right? That's a that's, – and, and that's a Shanahan thing in the in the big game. Like, and, and I hate to say it because I think Shanahan's a very good coach. Uh, you know, he's obviously brilliant with the scheme and how he does these things and how he, you know, game plans against teams. But he gets into these huge moments and he forgets – what the bread and butter is, and that's his run game. And you go into a Super Bowl, like like I said, I get the Chiefs for playing good. I understand it. But you got to do what you've been doing all season, and that's running the rock. And and like I said, I'm not saying Brock Purdy's this or that, but I'm telling you what, if I had to pick who I want you know, to have the ball in crunch time, it's Christian McCaffrey and running behind Trent Williams. That's what I'm doing. Brian Bulaga, the doctor of football, doesn't need to watch the Super Bowl twice, just the Packer games. We're going to the second quarter, and I'm leading with this. The only reason the Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl is because the officials, the referees, decided that they were going to let them play. I'll explain and see if the doctor agrees next. This is the Homer Hour on 94.5 ESPN. It's the Homer Hour with Brian Bulaga, and I understand, and I state it, that everything is important only as it relates to the Green Bay Packers. The doctor of football, Brian Bulaga, brought up a lot about Kyle Shanahan and their play and as it fits toward what Matt LaFleur should do. I think, and I want to defer to you, I think the Kansas City Chiefs may have held more than any offensive line I've ever seen in a Super Bowl. And there was no way. And they just, once once they see that the officials are going to let you do it, you do it every play. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and they, they let it go the other way. But I don't, if they had called it, I don't know how to say an average. That's why I'm going to defer to you. There's no way that Kansas City can win the game because... There would have been, I would say, there should have been seven holding calls against the offensive line of Kansas City. All right, I'll defer to you. I, I've said it. I, I have no credibility whatsoever. Um, take it well, from there. So, so I mean, obviously, as spectators and as players, um, you want to watch the Super Bowl and unimpeded, right? Not a bunch of flags. You don't want... Yes, totally. I agree. Yeah, the game yeah. was fabulous the second half. It was a preseason yeah. game. Fantastic. One of the great games ever. Yeah, so you don't, you don't want the refs to be that highly involved in the game, but but I couldn't agree with you more that I was watching that game, and there were some times where the 49ers 
you know, D linemen were getting tackled yes. by by the offensive line from the Chiefs. They just and pulled them down to the ground. Yeah, right? like listen, yeah. yeah, like and get you know when you're in the trenches, things like that will happen from time to time. But it was very consistent, right? Like it it was happening quite a bit. Mahomes would try to break the pocket, and a 49er D lineman was getting just tackled by uh, a Chiefs offensive lineman, and you know. I think if you look at the overall penalties per offensive line, I think the Chiefs were the highest in the league for throughout, throughout yes. the year. I and think we they know most, why. They can't block. Yeah, they were the most penalized line in the league, and I don't think they had one all day. I don't think they had a single penalty all day, which is maybe they had one. I don't I don't fully remember, but that's almost impossible. Like, it's almost impossible. Um, and you watch it, and I, again, like I didn't rewatch it again, but I, I watched it live well enough that – there were guys getting mauled and I'm not talking about like a mauled in a good way where like, it's a clean block and you're, you know, putting a guy in his back. I'm talking about like straight bear hugging, holding, getting thrown to like pulled to the ground and stuff yep. like that. And not in a clean way. So like, listen, I'm not saying it would have won or lost the 49ers or I made am. the cheese lose, but it would have changed the game. All right, now, we get to, yeah, now we get to, we get to the second part of it. All right. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing the offensive line, you're going, this is great. I don't know that you would have done it anyway, based on your particular techniques. But now, here's the problem. You're San Francisco's defense. Now, what do you do? You know, yeah. I, I get, to me, it's almost like you have to blitz, or I don't, I don't know what the answer is, but you have to have an answer because you realize, uh, and maybe the, the game was still close enough that you're, you don't, you feel, you don't feel like you have to do anything. You just go, hey, sucks for us and we'll still run our same defense what what does it do what would you tell a defense to do uh because you've you've got this figured out what a quarter into the game yeah i mean oh yeah you know real you know very quick the way the game's going to be called what you can get what you can get away with what you can't get away with like i thought they were going to start calling it pretty tight when they got trent williams early on for that hold i'm like okay they're going to call this thing pretty square right like they're gonna you know pretty you know blatant holds they're going to call um, things that are ticky tacky, they're going to let go. Like Trent's holding early on was a hold, right? Like Purdy broke the pocket, Trent had him, pulled him, and, you know, it was a hold. But that was going on on the other side of the ball, and it wasn't being called. So, like, the Chiefs O line knew really quick that we're going to be able to get away with a lot today. And then you look at it from the flip side of San Francisco, um, they brought pressure more than they probably did all season. And Mahomes burnt them on it a few times, right? And San Francisco, they take pride in, which we're going to see a lot when it comes to Green Bay because Green Bay switched into this, right? Like this is a scheme change for Green Bay that they rely on the front four and maybe a fifth, you know, an add-on fifth to get home and get pressure, right? And, and, And get to the quarterback, make him get rid of the ball early. And when they're letting the game go in a manner that, there's a lot of, you know, questionable holding calls that aren't get called. That's demoralizing for a D lineman, right? They're doing everything. Right. They're, and they're, they're, their defense is based on the front four being so good, and they were. Yep. And that's why their rest of the defense is so good. They have so many people back there, and and the, the huge loss of the linebacker certainly oh, didn't help anyway. Gosh, He's, man, that was, that was awful to see. Like, I can't even fat like. I, I saw that, and, I, and that, that that literally made made me sick seeing that guy get hurt like that. Like that's just absolutely awful, and I don't even know how that happens that way. I mean, that's just wild to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, 
49ers, their their whole scheme is front four pressure. We play coverage behind it, and we're good. And it just wasn't happening. And, like, listen, I'm not saying every play there was a blatant holding call on the Chiefs. I'm not saying that. But there were plenty of times that it was going on where Mahomes would break the pocket and 49ers guys were trying to get, you know, released off to go chase him down. They were just getting grabbed and pulled completely body turned away from Mahomes, and no flag was thrown, which is incredible to me. Like that's, those are the most blatant ones that get called. That's a blatant hold. Um, and then that makes the 49ers, you know, especially Wilkes. Um, hey, we, we got to try something different to get home right. to this guy and get home clean. And, and with Greenlaw, maybe they would have been able to. So that may have limited uh, what they could do. As I, I, for sure, for I, sure, it does because he's great in coverage as well. So you can bring pressure and drop him out in coverage, and he'd be able to cover a, a, a Kelsey or a running back out in the in the flat really well. And when you take a guy like that away, and now you you know. You're normally pressuring with Varner or whoever else. Now you got to pressure with – you're still pressuring with Varner, but then like a guy like Oren Brooks who was with Green Bay has to go cover somebody. It's normally not the best-case scenario, right? Yeah. And it's it, it showed because obviously the Chiefs saw that. They made the adjustment seeing that San Francisco was going to bring more pressure, um, and Mahomes does what Mahomes does, right? I mean, the guy's – going to go down as one of the greatest yeah. and, and he and he picks apart a defense and that's the way it goes doesn't matter how good the defense is if you bring pressure and you get caught you're going to pay for it and that's that that's what happened yeah I, I think you're more of joe montana than actually uh than tom brady but it doesn't really matter i mean montana was a much better athlete than brady was and mahomes is as well but it's just he, he's going to find a way to win and late yeah. in the game, when they need to go down and score, he's going to go down and score and beat you. Uh, the only last thought I would have about the 49ers is I would tell them, don't change anything. Don't change anything. Just be yeah. you and listen to the doctor of football and run a little bit more uh, and go after it again. I don't – I mean, I would yeah. – they're not going to say publicly they got screwed by the officials, and I don't know what you do in football and basketball. You know, a, a coach can get a technical or you have players throw their arm. You know, you try to – do something to some to some degree embarrass the officials to make the call, but I I think the worst thing they could do is change anything. Brock Purdy is good enough to win a Super Bowl with. You don't got to do anything there. Yeah, other I than agree. listen to you and <laughs> run the ball a little bit more. But um, uh, at least I mean, listen, like I get it that the Chiefs' defense, like I said, was playing has been playing really well, and they were stout and they were obviously trying to gear up. But you have to continue to go back to McCaffrey and make them stop that run game. And, and make the them offensive line was playing well. Yeah, and make them commit bodies yeah. to stopping the run, which then would open up the pass game and the play-action game. And it just never it never happened, right? They weren't consistent enough running the football. Like that first series, right? San Francisco comes out running the football, right? They were running it, and then obviously McCaffrey fumbled it. But you take – you, you go right back to that, right? You take that same formula and you just continue to do it. You continue to do it. You you wear down, you know, the Chiefs defense. You make those guys, you know, take on run blocks so much that they're just – they're gassed. When they get to the pass rushing situations, they're tired and they, don't, and they don't have as much juice. Like Chris Jones was all over the place. That guy was an absolute, you know, menace the entire game. He's in the backfield, force and throws early because he didn't have to take on the run most of the game like you would have thought he had to, right? He was he was able to get in pass rush mode, and him that guy in pass rush mode is very hard to stop because he's very good. So, um, 
you from a from a you know philosophy standpoint of San Francisco, they went away from what they do best, and that you know showed very clearly, especially in overtime. I think there's some coaches that do great over an entire regular season and not necessarily as well in the playoffs because things that will work great, whatever your philosophy is, and you'll go 12 and four. Or, but when it comes down to this is it, there's, it's not best of five. It's what are you going to do in that one moment? And I want to get to that next because that deals with overtime. It is the Homer Hour, Brian Bulaga's Homer Hour, third quarter, next. Go beyond your field of study and get a world-class education and leadership by joining the U.S. Army ROTC. As an Army officer, you'll work side-by-side with peers who support your growth, and you'll become a role model, mentor, and decision-maker in any environment at any scale. It's a challenging path, but along the way, you'll sharpen your skills and show yourself and those around you exactly what you're capable of. Decide to lead at GoArmy.com slash officer or contact your local Marquette University Army ROTC program to get started. It's the third quarter of the Homer Hour, Brian Bulaga's Homer Hour. Uh, all right, we get to overtime, and I just, I just I don't see how you take the ball first versus letting the other team go to decide yep. what you can do. Because, and I don't know what the analytics, and I understand, if it's even, then you get the ball, the third possession, all you have to do is score and you win the game. But they've got to factor in how great it is to know what you need to do and guarantee that you're going to go on fourth down. Yeah. And you, mean, don't, you don't have to make that decision as you would if you go first. Like, all right, and so you're giving this quarterback. But um, So uh, I just thought it was – now, and I understand, but there's no way whoever does analytics factors in, or if they do, they don't enough, the benefit – of knowing what you have to do in terms of fourth down, you have four plays. It it just yep. has to make a difference. But, again, I'll defer to you. No, I completely agree. I completely agree that uh, you want to go play defense first to see what you have to do, right? Like, And, and you said it. Kansas City was in four down territory every series or every, you know, every new set of downs. It's four, it's four down territory. So you look at it from that standpoint as an offensive play caller and the play sheet's wide open because you got, you got four downs to get it done. And, you know, you take that ball first and now you're thinking about, Hey, we got to put a point. So if, you know, we, we, we got to play this, you know, smart because we got to at least get a field goal out of this and this and that. So you play more tentative and the play calls more safe where you're the second team to get the ball. And Hey man, we're doing everything we can to get 10 yards. And then the next set of downs, everything we can to get 10 yards. And that's how Kansas city did it. And they did it methodically and they went right down the field. And then obviously once they got inside the 10, you knew the game was over. It was gonna, It was, they weren't kicking a field goal. Um, and, and, and that's how it ended. So I'm with you. I think, I think in these situations, and, and I think this is going to change the mindset, even in, you know, regular season over time that you don't want the ball first. Why would you want the ball first? Okay, so if we give up a touchdown, sure, but at least you know what you need um, from the standpoint of you give up the ball and you know play defense. Hopefully, you stop them or give up a field goal. Then you know what you got to do going in. You know, do your next series, and that's the way I look at it. But um, obviously, the analytics people in San Francisco did not look at it that way. They looked at it the way they did, and it 
you know, came back to, to haunt them. Again, I'll defer. I saw Kurt Warner and stuff like that where um, I, I said history's, history is going to show how wrong it was because I think, and I don't know how many overtimes there'll be, and I'll be dead long before it happens that many times, but I think everybody is going to go second. Yeah, I think so. You win the toss, you go second. I mean, it's uh, and just... I understand it's not the same as college. You know, you have that the third possession where, again, if you do the same, teams do the same the first time they have the ball, then that other team, all they need to do is get a field goal. Um, but, I mean, and then, then the other thing I wanted to bring up is I, I wanted to ask you this. Uh, they had like third and four San Francisco at the Kansas City Nine, and everybody was saying they know, I've forgotten the coordinator for the Kansas City, he's blitzing 100 guys because – He's gonna. He's willing to risk it uh, because yep. if it doesn't work, they give up a touchdown. Then they still can go get a touchdown. But he's he's gonna you know force them to do something. I don't. What do you do? I mean, I don't know who it was that blitzed in and got to him and made him throw it. Um, it was Chris Jones. Yes, it was Chris Jones that made him get rid of it. Like incredible stuff. Right? So what like, do you do? What's the play when you know the defense are against a guy who loves the blitz and he's bringing the house? Is it up to the quarterback to see where it comes from, or what What do you do? Yeah, so, I mean, obviously the first thing you're, you're going to do, I mean, at least the guy that I worked with was the best at seeing this, right? Like, he'd go through his cadence, get the hard count, get these guys to show what they're doing. This is where the hard count is huge, and having a great hard count, which we kind of talked about, um, to get this defense to show their hand. And everyone knew that they were doing it. But then with that, you can make – the protection adjustments necessary and the route adjustments necessary to get a quick route or the running back out or something that it's a quick throw and you get your best player in space to make one guy miss and get the first down to potentially score to, to the area where you think the pressure's coming, right? Or not? Yes. You look at the protection adjustment, right? You look at it and you know, Hey, we may only have six blocking or available six if we bring in the tight end, right? If we bring in the tight end, we have six blocking and they're bringing seven. We got to figure out where the hot is. And that's all your protection rules, right? So you know the O-line, the five are picking up these five plus one. Who's who's going to be the free runner? Where the free runner's coming from, that's where you, you run a, a quick route with a receiver or you get the back out to that direction or you clear out something uh, with your two wide receivers. Most of the time, especially Kansas City, when they're bringing pressure, they're going to play a press man and try to get in the guy's face and throw off the timing so that the pressure gets home. That's great. But you take those receivers and you try to clear them out and run out McCaffrey or something like that, get him the ball quick and let him make a play. Right. But it, from what I remember from that play, they moved the pocket a little bit. They tried to move Purdy. And with that, Chris Jones was able to play off the back pad of, I think, the guard and get right in for a pressure and made him throw it early. And he, you know, and the thing was, Jennings was open. If he had an extra second, yep. he could have threw a good ball to Jennings, and Jennings would have had the first down at a minimum. But didn't happen. And maybe a more experienced quarterback, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Purdy, but maybe a more experienced guy sees the situation, he's able to make the proper adjustment and buy himself that extra second to make a good throw to Jennings. I, but I, Yeah, I don't want to confuse people because the, uh, I, I was kind of referencing as well that one, but also – late in regulation with about two minutes to go when they had like third and five and uh and Romo saying yeah he's gonna blitz everybody because if it doesn't work and it gives up a touchdown that's fine they still have two minutes left to go mm -hmm. down and it's possibly he could rush him and uh 
I don't know who it was. I think in that case it may have been uh, – I don't know who came in on the blitz or somebody. But you had the third and five, I think, at the 35. But um, Yeah, I mean, with, with, with that, like, in, obviously that's in regulation, right? So right. you're, yep. you know, you're thinking a little more clearly that we need points, but it, it's kind of still in the same – in the same breath, right? Like you yeah, got to look at it. We're from... willing to gamble because yes. uh, it might do this, and then I still believe in, enough in my quarterback that if uh, if they make the right play, it's not like we've lost the game in either case. Exactly, and I, I look at it as like obviously the Chiefs do that. Like we saw it uh, when San Francisco brought the brought the big pressure, and he and he caught Rice, you know, over the middle, you know. And, it, and I literally remember Romo saying, oh, you don't want to do that as they're bringing the pressure. Yep. And Rice is running a drag over the middle of the field. Mahomes hits him for, you know, I think it was like a 25 or 30-yard gain. Like, that's the thing. When you get these experienced quarterbacks, they're able to make these route adjustments um, by themselves that extra half second or second to make the throw they need, even though there's a free hitter coming. They change the protection. They know exactly where the hot guy's coming from. And they can manipulate the pocket to give themselves that extra tick of time to make a good throw, or at least give their guy an opportunity to to win, you know, the route or or fight for the ball and get it and get in the clear space. You just saw it from the 49ers that just wasn't a thing, right? Like it just wasn't happening that way. It seemed like they were trying to do a lot of pocket movement things to get Purdy rolling out one way or the other. Um, to that would buy him time, but in reality, that's not the way you buy time because when you when you move the pocket, things happen, you know, and pressure, like if yep. it's third down and you try to move the pocket, like things like Chris Jones slipping off the backside guard and the tackle can't get down to him in time or a running back has to try to pick him up. It's never going to work. It's basic, you know, drop back protection. The quarterback can back up. And these guys with these arms, right? Mahomes got a strong arm. For me, it was always Aaron Rodgers had the strong arm. He can drop back another five yards by himself a little extra time and make that throw no problem. So, like, that's what these experienced guys do. They're able to figure out the protection, the weakness, where the hot guy's coming from, and buy themselves a little extra time to make these throws. And that's what Kansas City did, and that's what San Francisco didn't do. And that's just kind of, you know, I look at it, and like I've always said, like, I don't think there's anything wrong with Purdy. I think maybe he'll be a great quarterback. You know, I have no idea. He, like you said earlier, I think he can win a Super Bowl with the no, 49ers I, for I sure. Feel, I feel bad for him. I thought he played well enough to win. Mahomes was fantastic, but um, <laughs> you know, and yet, and you know, when you don't win, it's all forgotten. Nobody yep. remembers the things that you did, the plays that you made, because in the end, uh, they got to him. But I don't know. I, well, Mahomes has got his. And I just thought Purdy may never get a chance. And uh, who knows the list of quarterbacks that the best they did was lose, lose in the Super Bowl and nobody remembers any of them. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and, you know, my question, I mean, do you, okay, so in overtime, right, like that last drive in overtime the Niners have, you're going for it two times, right? You're going for it on fourth down. Wow. Or are you, or, or, or are you thinking kick the field goal? What, are you, what would you think? Um. I don't know. I mean, to be fair, Shanahan went for it on fourth down in a situation uh, in regulation. So um, I I don't have the guts to go for it. I know what you're, you're saying. Right. I'm going to make – I mean, my defense has been good enough. I'm going to make Mahomes uh, beat me. Now, maybe I would have been more aggressive defensively. Maybe you're looking at the defense isn't the same because the guy's hurt. Um 
He did go for it once before, so it wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been you know Shanahan said we we got to go for it and get the touchdown, and uh, he got the touchdown. So you you yeah. would have gone for it, huh? I would have gone. Well, I I wouldn't have thrown the ball. I wouldn't have thrown the ball. Oh, twice. you would have run on third and fourth down. Oh, third and yes. four. Okay. Yeah. I, I would have said we need four yards on two plays. Wow. Guys. We yeah. need four yards on two plays. All right. So what if you get nothing on the first one? You still do, you do it. You, you do it again. You, and you would have run it again? it again. I would have run it again. Wow. Because because like I said, if you don't get it, yep. you pin Kansas City back inside the ten, and then you're in the same predicament anyway, right? Like okay, we got it. You know, our defense has been playing now, well, but now a field goal would beat us. That's the yeah. difference. All a right. field goal would beat us, wow. but you 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 look at it the way the game went. Like hey, like. We're we're trying to win this thing. We're not trying to tie go for an extra overtime. We're trying to win this right. thing. And, and you're putting you're you're going to make it more difficult. Then no one's going to argue the more difficult. And I just all I know is this: uh, Taylor Swift's boyfriend isn't going to catch the damn ball. I no. don't know how many people I got to put on him. Clearly more yeah. than one. All right, we'll get to the fourth quarter. The fourth quarter, the Homer Hour, Brian Bulaga's Homer Hour coming up. Wow. The doctor of football, yeah? Third and fourth, the Kansas City nine. You're going for, uh, you're going to run the ball twice. And I hadn't thought of it from the standpoint of your saying that if you don't make it, you're helping your defense as best as possible by giving them the ball so deep in their own territory. Yep. Wow. Yep. That's what, that's the way I look at it. Cause like, we could you could say what you want about the last drive, right? When Kansas City got the ball back and right. he went down the but field. But I want to go back, like for people, just so we have it. Like they had second and four, and McCaffrey got nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is just classic. I feel like I'm talking to Mike Ditka. I don't give a damn. We got three downs to get four yards. If we can't get three yards or four yards in three plays, we don't deserve to win. That's what that, they've been I mean, saying, right? Yeah, and you know, like you need four yards. You've had the best, one of the best running games in the NFL. You have yep. you have the best left tackle. You potentially have the best run blocking tight end in Kittle, right? Yeah. You're, you're figuring out a way to get <laughs> the best running back in the NFL behind those guys some way somehow two two downs in a row to get four yards some way. We have to do it. We have to figure it out. We got to get four yards on two plays with Christian McCaffrey, and to me that's. That's the safest bet. It takes any, you know, any decision making that Purdy may have to do with protection adjustments or anything like that, and it puts it on the guys up front and Christian McCaffrey to get it done. And that's to me what you know that would have been for me the formula that I would have gone with. And and you know what, like, hey, maybe you know people are going to be saying, "Nah, you throw the ball." And sure, and they did throw the ball, and look what happened. Yeah. Right. Kansas City brought pressure because all it takes. Right. Kansas City, you know, you knew they were probably going to pressure, but you pick the right run play or the quarterback season. He makes the run adjustment and they pick up that, you know, the pressure within the run game and it's gashed. It's wide open. And he probably he maybe scores a touchdown. And it's essentially you put yourself obviously you put yourself in a better position. But when you, you know, get checked out of runs because of pressure and, you know, obviously the pass was what they wanted to do from the get-go on third down. Like, we get it. But I, I look at it as if you can catch Kansas City in a, in a pressure, in a run that you love, you, you're definitely getting at least two to three yards. And, right? then and you're in- we know this. I, Romo said, you agree, that they know they're taking that gamble. 
they're willing to take that gamble because yep. they have the chance to do exactly what they did. And if it fails and they get burned, all right, Mahomes, save yep. our butt. Yep, bail us out. Yeah. Bail us out again. So, like, if I'm looking at it, like, I, I'm, I'm taking the risk with the guys that have got us to that point, right? Yeah. McCaffrey, yeah. the offensive line, and, and, and I'm doing it. Like, I don't know. Like, may, maybe I'm just very bullheaded and stubborn with it, but, like, I – if it's me, I'm trusting Trent Williams well, the and McCaffrey. Prob- the problem is, and people could say this because you love talking about run all the time, but you're not selling it in terms of theory. You're selling it based on the game being played. What you have seen go on, and the San Francisco offensive line dominated the line of scrimmage, as their defensive line did as well. So you're not yep. you're not saying, no one could say, hey, but, but Dr. Brian, it's, it, that wasn't the game. You're going, no, it was the game. That yep. was the game. I'm taking into account the game to do what I want to do. Now, I think you might do it every game, but uh, we don't have well, to. We don't know about no, that. We well, just know this game in terms of being in the situation of two possessions need four yards, two plays. Yep, two plays, four yards. But you knew, aside from our discussion, you knew 120%. He ain't running the ball. He ain't doing what you said because that's not who he is. He would have shocked you if he would have ran the ball twice, right? I mean, I knew he was going to throw the ball. All right, before we get done, I want to get to, because this is a violation of everything, because to me everything's important only as it deals with the Green Bay Packers. Um, I don't know what occurred in the game other than it just reinforced that uh, the Packers just need to be what they are, and, you know, they're young, get better, and let's roll it out and – the Packers could easily be playing next year. I don't easily maybe, but the Packers are they're gonna be one of they're gonna be one of uh high expectations. For sure. And like I, I think the formula that we saw towards the end of the season, right? Obviously there's a lot of variables that go into that. Keeping Aaron Jones healthy, maybe getting another back that's um a little more versatile like Aaron Jones that you can play. He can catch passes. He can do things yeah, like that. Yeah, you want somebody, a young Aaron Jones, who can give him a little rest. Yes, and and I think you saw what Matt LaFleur did at the at the back end of that season and the formula that he had with the run and the pass and the play action. And obviously, like I said, there's variables. Guy, The old line has to be kind of playing the same way that they did late you know, in the season early on. They got to start that early. But I think the formula has been found and like what Jordan Love really thrives in, you know, that uh, kind of the play calling and and kind of the flow of the game that we, we saw at the end is, is is the formula for Green Bay. And I think if they stick that, obviously, guys improve. Um, they stay to their identity and who they are and they don't try to go do something crazy uh, to start the season and try to be a different team because Jordan Love has shown that he can do it. Um, and be the guy and make the throws and do that. Like I get you, you know, it's a very quarterback centric offense, but that's that there's nothing wrong with making Aaron Jones and this run game, a big part of it and, and doing favors for Jordan love and making him even more dynamic, knowing that you could, like I said, early on, you could turn around and get five yards, you know, handing it off. Like there's that, that's a big advantage. And, and I'm hoping that, what Matt LaFleur saw later on in the season, he takes that formula and, and starts it right off week one, you know, with the, when, when we kick this thing off in September. And I don't know how far they're going to go, but, I mean, they say it now, like, uh, like the Bucks. I don't know what they're going to do, but they're a player. 
The Green Bay oh, Packers yeah. need to be a player next year. They need to be a player to win the division. They need to be a player to make a run in the playoffs. A hundred percent. Like I, I, I think you look at the team that uh, we have right now. We, we, we have a lot of good young talent. I think only more good talent's going to be acquired through the draft or free and see how Goody does it. We have a scheme change defensively. Um, which I think is going to be good because I think the scheme is good. We saw it on display last night, you know, with San Francisco and kind of what they do, um, which is predicated on the front four. And I think we got a good front four. And he, Goody may even add to it. I don't know what he's going to do. Who knows? Um, may even add a linebacker. That would be what I would do. I would go. I would. <laughs> I, I mean, if it's me, if it's me, I heard there's a guy in Baltimore that's a free agent, Patrick Queen. If, if he's hitting the market. I'm going to be a buyer. Because you're watching that game going, man, these linebackers are unbelievable, right? Yes, yes. Greenlaw and Varner are are ridiculous, right? Like, they are just – they are ridiculous um, linebackers. They are they are that good in coverage. They're that good against the run. They're yep. smart. They're fast. And if, if you have two guys in the middle of your defense plus our front four that we have, that is very, very good. And it could be um, a very dangerous defense. And And, you know, like I said – talent acquired through the draft and free, you know, it could be a, a really good defense if it all comes together. So um, I have very high expectations for them. I think I, they, they need to be a player when it comes to, to crunch time, you know, towards the end of the season, they, they need to be a player. And I think they will be. All right. Thursday will be our final Thursday show. Uh, we'll yeah. continue on with Mondays. Yeah, Jason Woolley said he wants to be on Mondays in the off season. I said I, I think we'll get a uh, a thumbs up from Brian Bulaga on that because uh, the Thursday show after this Thursday is going to be basketball. So our final Thursday show, I think I'm going to give people a chance to use the whole show to ask questions, unless you have something by then that you want to talk about. So no, that's good with me. That's good with me. Are we going to get Jason on Thursday? Uh yes. Oh yeah, Jason's on the final okay. Thursday, and then. Uh, uh, with your approval, he'll be on the Mondays in the off season since uh, oh, two of you won't be. Is that good? It is. It is approved. That right, is it definitely is approved. approved. Man, I wish my <laughs> wife was that easy for approval. All right, Doctor of Football. We'll talk again on Thursday. Thanks. Yep, sounds good. This has been the Homer Hour, Brian Bulaga's Homer Hour. What's next? It'll try to be as good. Next.